I didn't want to say this in front of Patrick. That hat makes you look like a girl. Am I a pretty girl? Oh, well, um, you're, you're beautiful. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the third season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Today's episode is One Crab's Trash. It is the second half of the 46th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, and it first premiered on February 22nd, 2002. Uh, our writers for this episode are Paul Tibbet, Kaz, and Mark O'Hare. Our storyboard artists are Carson Kogler, William Reese, and Mike Roth. Our storyboard directors are Paul Tibbet and Kaz. Our animation directors are Tom Yasumi, and our creative director is Derek Tryman. Uh, first off, I, I have to say the one thing that really stands out about this episode is the title card, which is, is a moving one, which is rare for SpongeBob SquarePants. There's a lot of static, single-image title cards, but this is one that has some slight movement to it where... In the background, we see a treasure chest, but over it is is essentially like a water filter to make it look like it's it's underwater to us. It's something super quick, but um, from the moment I first saw this episode to now, it's one of those title cards that uh, instantly just puts a smile immediately on my face. It's it's one of the first things that uh that like puts me in a good mood about this episode, and it's an episode that is is very iconic for for a few reasons it's just it's once again yet another home run out of the third season of spongebob squarepants uh, there's a reason why these first three seasons are so iconic in in the spongebob you know history books but this this third season especially is when spongebob was just firing on all cylinders within the public consciousness this is the season when all eyes were watching spongebob and and it's all thanks to episodes like this that come out and and just, you know, we're like millions of people around the world immediately understand Smitty Warbin, Jaegerman Jensen, or just, you know, you could the simple inflection of he was number one, like people, know, you could shout that out in a crowd. People know that. And it's all thanks to episodes like this, the third season of SpongeBob SquarePants and certainly the the, the entire entire staff working on this episode if you had any hand in working on this episode then then i like bow to you thank you uh, pretty much any of the episodes from spongebob squarepants if you ever have worked on the show you you have like my sincerest appreciation uh but yeah so we we start out with this lovely title card here and the the synopsis of this episode like where it begins is such a genius level concept for me and it's also something that is just fairly simple and that's kind of where the two collide where, where some of the most genius writing ideas you could come up with are usually started with some of the more simpler concepts which is you know hey what would a tag what are we, what does a simple tag sale look like in bikini bottom not just any tag sale but we have an antique sale which there is a clear difference over. There's not like a, like a tag sale is is meant to be your personal items you're getting rid of or, or not just personal, just stuff you've owned, hopefully in a sellable condition. But an antique sale has a different kind of inflection where you're selling not just an antique sale, fine antiques for sale. That is what Mr. Krabs is advertising here. There's meant to be a, a, a certain level 
of of worth of value uh, of it being an an antique you know not just everything not just because it's old is it an antique there's like different different categories for for stuff and sometimes stuff is just trash like even if it's 70 year old trash like it's it's trash it doesn't just make it an antique but mr krabs is legitimately just taking the trash of bikini bottom the barrels left outside of the homes in Bikini Bottom and dumping it on a blanket in front of his house and having a fine antique sale. It it's just it's hilarious off the bat. That is funny. It's in character for Mr. Krabs. The fact that for, for one, the man owns so much. It, it, we you know, we haven't gotten to wet painters yet, but we've seen the inside of Mr. Krabs' house plenty of times. And uh and he has a lot of stuff, so it wouldn't be out of out of the question for Mr. Krabs to have a tag sale and to sell off some of his, you know, antique dolls or pictures or any of the, the stuff he owns in his house. He can make some good money off of that. I mean, somebody tell this guy about eBay or, you know, selling things online. But for him to just, you know, steal the trash from the other citizens of Bikini Bottom to put on a uh, just a tag sale, it's that's that's funny that's even funnier he's gonna go through that much effort to dump trash barrels on on a blanket and no shame whatsoever just sprays it down with some you know nice smelling spray and that's it there's there's like clear trash in this pile you know it'd be one thing for him to sift through the trash just to see if there was anything that was actually like sellable but like no, just dumps everything out. Like milk cartons, used razors, uh, bags, boxes. There's also some other stuff that, like, okay, you you could have in a tag sale, sure, but most of it seems like trash. Now I have a uh, a lot of personal history with with putting on tag sales, and uh, and my grandmother. My, my Nana, who I spent a lot of time with when I was a kid, uh, she was the one taking care of me during the week throughout the, the school week when my mother was working third shift. So if I wasn't with my mom at her house, I was with my grandmother at her house. I, I called her Nana. Now, Nana was very well known in our family for putting on uh, yearly tag sales uh, throughout the summer. Sometimes she would even put on two tag sales throughout the summer. She held on to so much stuff in her house. She was not a hoarder. She had a very well-decorated home. It was beautiful. And she, uh, you know, just had stuff that she would just always like. She was always somebody who would love going to tag sales to buy stuff for her home. So... She was always buying things to then like replace other things in her home, whether or not it was a, a picture uh, or, you know, something for display or something in her kitchen or whatnot. But but either way, she also lived in a duplex where um, she also lived with a tenant that for for many years also liked putting on a tag sale. So for the, between the two of them, they had a, a decent amount to put out every year. And uh, tag sales are a great magnet for people who like to find treasure, to like to find deals. You never know what you're going to find at a tag sale. Now, I have being around these tag sales a lot. I was I was used to that environment, like how to talk to people at tag sales, how to shop 
at tag sales, like how to how to look, you know, for those deals and just what the etiquette is for that entire, you know, system, especially if you go to flea markets and, and professional, quote unquote, level, you know, like pre-owned re-shops like that. That's that's you, you got to learn like a certain certain level of etiquette around those things. But anyway, I have certainly been to tag sales where people almost just dumped out their trash to sell. I have been to tag sales where people, um, you know, they are collectors and, and buy up pre-owned like old action figures and toys. There's people of that level. There's people who deal with antiques. There's people who deal with older clothes and whatnot. And that's all fine. There's certainly those tag sales you go to from people's homes where it's just like, Hey, there's a bunch of appliances and records and clothing right from their home that they just don't want anymore. Cool. But then there have been those those tag sales. I'm not going to name the state that I've I've attended a few of these two, where um it's not just I, I it's definitely the stuff from their home, but it's just not stuff that you would really want to put out to sell. I don't know what the thought process is of this, but just where you're just laying out like yeah your your bags of trash that you're on tables that you're just selling. Um, and I'm it, as bad, if not worse, than what Mr. Krabs is putting out. That's that's what I'm trying to get across. This isn't just, oh, this is not the kind of secondhand stuff I would buy. Like, no, like really bad used toothbrushes and, and really gross items like that. Like stuff that is just trash. No one is going to buy that and use it in their home or there's no reuse value for any of this. Why is this out on a table? Why are you trying to charge money for this stuff? I, I guess... If the one sucker comes by and says, hey, I'll give you a dollar for this, you were going to throw it out anyway. It's just a dollar you made. But is it really worth it? I don't know. Anyway, I don't have time to talk to those people in the moment just going like, what? Why? Why? Can I back this up for you and throw it out? Is is that what you need? Is this a call for help? Can I help you throw out your trash? But um, so, yeah, Mr. Krabs here knows exactly what he's doing. And and maybe the, the people I'm talking about are in the same mindset of Mr. Krabs. They know exactly what they're doing. There's no question about it. Uh, but, hey, I will tell you that when you put up signs that a tag sale is around there, that you are inevitably going to attract a certain like people will show up. There are people out there who hunt for tag sales. So as long as you announce it out there enough that it's happening, people will show up and Right from the start, Mr. Krabs puts out a, a fine antique sale and he already has a customer right off the bat who he convinces to buy a uh, an umbrella that is full of holes, that it was owned by the, the Queen of Switzerland. Going with the joke, of course, with Swiss cheese being very holy, everything, you know, from Swiss has to have holes in it. Now, uh, this customer was just going to buy this umbrella for a buck fifty off the bat. Mr. Krabs should have just accepted that offer. Now, I know the whole haggle system in tag sales. Uh, you, you gotta, everybody wants to either pay less and the person, you know, sometimes the people who run tag sales just want to get rid of stuff to get rid of it and they'll take whatever you offer them. Uh, some people are hagglers and they, they want top dollar for what they're selling. But when, when you got a, a umbrella like that that has holes in it, and somebody offers you a dollar fifty for that hat. You, you, you take a dollar fifty, but Mr. Krabs is a savvy seller and a uh, a really shrill human being, and and convinces this man of its uh, heritage as a, a former umbrella of the Queen of Switzerland 
that this guy points out doesn't have a queen to which Mr. Krabs just, you know, then like admits defeat and then offers it for $5 to which this guy accepts it so quick. You would think that, you know, the thing was worth a hundred and then was offered for $5. Like if you were trying to buy something that was a hundred bucks and the person that you were buying it from said, you know what? I'll just take $5. That level of excitement this guy had over a holy umbrella, but Hey, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Uh, of course, SpongeBob and Patrick have to come into play in this situation. Come over with uh, with lollipops after Mr. Krabs makes a sucker comment, a very classic, just cartoon cliche, the, the classic sucker being in cartoons continuing on. I, I just love to see it. Um, I mean, if you haven't, like, if you don't know what I'm talking about with that, if you haven't watched any of the classic Looney Tunes cartoons or just anytime cartoons had to had to show off that they felt uh, kind of dumb in a situation. There's just that classic cliche where they would turn to the camera and their head would turn literally into a sucker that said sucker on it because they, that's how they felt in that moment. And uh, it, it's an easy way to, for especially if characters can't talk, um, that was a great way to, to kind of make that kind of joke. Uh, but anyway, uh, so when Mr. Krabs makes that sucker joke, here comes SpongeBob Patrick into the uh, the tag sale game in which they're perusing Mr. Krabs's stock here while Patrick realizes that Mr. Krabs is selling a plunger that looks awfully familiar to a plunger that he just threw out. Of course, Mr. Krabs, you know, going around stealing everybody's trash that is Patrick's plunger, to which Mr. Krabs comes over and uh, tells Patrick that it, that is not, in fact, a plunger. It is a ladle from the uh, 17th century, I think, or 16th century. One of the two. Uh, he, he, like, turns the uh, the plunger inside out and then upside, well, then, you know, puts it, holding it like you would a plunger, but it is now a ladle, a soup ladle from the from the 17th century, and then convinces Patrick to rebuy it for $5. Patrick knows a good deal when he sees it, pulls out $7, and uh, Mr. Krabs accepts it. Hey, you know what? Yeah, I'll take that deal, and gives him the, the, the ladle. Now, Patrick calls himself a savvy shopper, and it's just funny because if you notice what had happened there, Mr. Krabs got two extra dollars than what he intended, which, hey, if you're running any tag sale and someone wants to pay extra for something, sure, yeah, hey, no, no problem. Now, in those cases, you got to be careful because if somebody is willing to pay you a little bit extra, sometimes you might have something on your hands that might be of, like, like really valuable and the person feels bad for buying it for whatever price you have it at, so that they might throw in a little extra. Ah, oh, here's just an extra five for your troubles or something. But like, I don't know. So I, if hey, if you don't care, you don't care. You're getting what you're getting more than what you asked for, sure. But you got to be careful with that stuff. And and that's kind of what this episode deals with a little bit here. Well, Patrick rebuys his own plunger that is now going to be used as a ladle, while also getting a free pair of underwear. Because the uh, sucker he was licking fell, fell on a on a I'm guessing a used pair of underwear that's stuck to the other side of the lollipop, uh, that that's gross, but also incredibly hilarious. Now, while all this is going on, SpongeBob comes across a soda drink hat, a basically a, a hat that you wear, almost like a baseball hat that. 
on its sides has just a plastic holder for usually two soda cans that can sit into them. Um, now, there's many different designs of these kind of hats, but the more classic designs have it where um, there are straws that you can insert into the cans. Those are tubes that go all the way, you know, the straws are basically these long tubes that go from inside the cans all the way to the bottom, and then they come out of the cans, go down all the way into a little plastic piece that sits right in front of your your mouth so that you can basically drink from two sodas or two cool drinks on a hot day at once at your favorite sporting event. They, these things were like really popular during like sporting events and they have always just kind of fell in the realm of like these very useful but kind of hokey products that us human beings have created like now yes there's certainly a use for that hat uh it's, it's hands-free you can you know do what you want and be able to drink out of out of your favorite drinks without you know the the use of your hands but i, I don't know there's just like that that corniness level to them that it's endearing like it's 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 when you're especially at a sporting event the way people have those, like that's just a classic thing to bring with you to a sporting event. So it's a totally accepted there. Uh, but when you're even out in public, if you see somebody with a hat like that, like it's it is noticeable. It is a statement to make that you don't want to you don't want to waste the time of holding those cans in your hands. You just want to wear them on a hat, uh, especially when the hat says number one on it, which which this one does. Now, Mr. Krabs, you know, of course, he is a savvy businessman. I'm surprised on the fact that this is kind of the first item so far that isn't totally trash. Like, this is a, a pretty cool item that you would find at a tag sale. Now, 10 bucks is is pretty steep for tag sale prices. But if this was like a flea market and it was a high-end, quote-unquote, like, hey, we're dealing with, you know, we're sifting through good clothing, we're bringing you good stuff that is secondhand, then yeah, hey, 10 bucks for a hat like this, depending on how, how, like, new it was, that might not be out of the, you know, realm of, of an impossibility. Like, 10 bucks might be reasonable for a hat like that. But this hat is special. Because as we're about to find out while we go through this sequence of Spongebob trying to come across $10 in which he doesn't have because, I mean, Mr. Krabs doesn't pay him really anything. Uh, we, we've talked about the, the lack of any sort of uh, uh, labor laws underwater that, that protect these these poor workers from Mr. Krabs' greed, which is, is laughed upon. We, we just we laugh and giggle at his greed, but... There's some like real greed out there that is is really worth getting angry about. But uh, here we have SpongeBob with not even ten dollars in his pocket. He's able to scrounge up uh, a, a few dollars. But then after a, a, a little montage sequence of him running home, kind of just scouring his entire house for for change, is able to only come up with about like $6 and some change, but but uh, it promises Mr. Krabs that he's able to pay the rest by, you know, just removing that amount from his future paychecks, which I, I feel like is a fair offer, especially when you're at your boss's tag sale. I mean, or Mr. Krabs could have just taken the money SpongeBob had on hand and walked away, but of course, he's not going to do that. 
but he gets his comeuppance in a nice little way here. Sells SpongeBob the, the, the soda drink hat, which SpongeBob is, is completely ecstatic about. He absolutely uh, loves loves the hat, and, and him and Patrick go about their business, uh, about their day. I'm guessing it's it's a day off from the Krusty Krab being open. Maybe it's a Sunday. Maybe just businesses are not, not allowed to be open. No, there's some places out there that, that have those kind of rules, so maybe Bikini Bottom is is like that, and so that explains any of these episodes that we see Spongebob and Squidward and Mr. Krabs goofing off outside of work. Maybe those are just all on Sundays. But anyway, another gentleman comes up to the tag sale who is looking specifically for that soda drink hat, which somehow he has heard Mr. Krabs is in possession of, which is really weird because, I mean, how would this guy know that you know, Mr. Krabs is out here peddling everyone's trash and that, you know, it was there. I, maybe he just heard from the, the first customer who just was listing items that were at this tag sale. And I don't know. But for story purposes, this man is here for this soda drink hat and offers Mr. Krabs $500 for that rare novelty soda drink hat, which, of course, b sends Mr. Krabs just like almost in a catatonic state. But now what we get is a sequence where all of these buyers are coming into frame offering increasing money to Mr. Krabs for that soda drink hat. And this is how crazy the rise of these offers go. We start at $500, then we jump to $1,000, then to $100,000, which if you just for a second think about the difference between 1000 and 100000 yeah, that's... That's a lot. But then we have a, from the drool coming from Mr. Krabs's mouth, a man in a canoe is able to paddle himself all the way up the spit to offer Mr. Krabs one million dollars for that soda drink hat. Now, I I have collected, you know, many different items over the course of my life and have sold these items and have been a part of these groups of people who have who have you know stuff like Funko and 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 sports cards, Pokemon cards, and and old school retro video games. I, I've been a part of these these groups, um, and I, I'll tell you that when somebody's just going to offer you that level of money very easily, that means that the margin to make more. It's got to be there. I mean, by the that, that was the top offer we heard for this soda drink hat. A million dollars. If someone's just going to come out of nowhere and jump from a hundred thousand to a million, I mean, what is the worth of this soda drink hat? Now, when it comes to the worth of items, the ultimate answer to everything is something is only going to be worth whatever someone else is willing to pay for it. That's the that is like the end of the road discussion to have when it comes to any of these arguments over NFTs or if you're ever in an argument over pops or cards, what something should be worth it. Something is only worth what someone is willing to pay for it. These are just all items that have been created and put together. The only worth out there is is what it doesn't matter. Like when I love when people go to eBay and they show me what people have uh, listings of like, oh, see, this item is worth this because it's listed on eBay for that. And I go, no, I want to see the sold items for that, 
you know, particular item because because then that's going to show me what people are actually paying for that item. That's going to give you, you know, closer raw data than anything else. And in some cases when it's, you know, one of a kind or, or one out of 10, it, it becomes a little bit tougher to, to price things. Well, once again, something is only worth what someone is willing to pay for it. And if someone's willing to pay just a million dollars for that hat, I, I got to imagine that the the amount of money to make that that guy thought he was going to make on that hat was, was going to be massive. At least a, a couple million for him to have thrown that much out. I can't imagine that hat would be worth $2 million and this guy's just going to throw half of that, especially when the, the previous offer was only a hundred thousand. He could have offered two hundred thousand. No, he jumped to a million very quickly. So, uh, but now that hat is in the control of SpongeBob. He is the owner of that hat. He paid for it fair and square. Mr. Krabs accepted an offer for him, but Mr. Krabs has to get that hat back. Now he finds SpongeBob sitting down in front of his house, doing a very classic innocent spongebob thing to do just sitting there making bubbles he has converted the hat slightly to instead of drinking soda out of it he has instead put open bubble containers inside uh, so that he can blow into where you would drink the soda out of and it would you know have the bubbles come out of the top a very spongebob and ingenious thing to do and and i absolutely love his little number one soda drink hat i i love that that was also an alternate costume that uh, they added in Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl uh, just um, one of those nice little touches that I, I hope they add just keep adding future alternate costumes for these characters like hey every every six it would just be nice if like every three months there was just another round of every character just got another alternate costume or, or some like uh, continuing basis like that or so on and so forth but uh, anyway Mr. Krabs approaches SpongeBob with, you know, he, he he knows SpongeBob enough to know that he can't just go over and offer him money. He knows that SpongeBob doesn't work with money, like money doesn't matter to the guy. So he comes over with a pretty ingenious idea, offering other novelty hats to SpongeBob in the off chance that he could make a trade and and get that that million dollar hat back. Uh, now, the hats he brings out are a air conditioning hat, uh, which doesn't seem really cool at all. Not really a pun intended, but I'll take it. A uh, juicing hat, which which I guess would seem pretty cool to those who are, are really into juicing. But um, although SpongeBob seems amused by it, it's not something he really would probably want. But the last hat we get is uh, is Foxy Grandpa. Uh, it's it's an extremely funny hat that uh, if I had ever come across a hat that said Foxy Grandpa like that, I, I probably would have bought it by now just just because of this episode. But I, I swear I've not like I can certainly go up to one of those airbrushing people at a carnival and ask him to make me a Foxy Grandpa hat. But I just I want to naturally come across one. It, it would be even better if it was at. Uh, a, a, like a tag sale or something, because that just that would just be like icing on the cake. But although that one really amuses SpongeBob and and Mr. Krabs does the ultimate offer, he offers all of the the novelty hats in this one bag for that one soda drink hat. SpongeBob declines the offer because he he loves he loves the hat. And now that 
the the one offer didn't work. Mr. Krabs knows that his next plan is going to have to be to scare the hat off of SpongeBob, which is I don't know if it was just going for that cartoon cliche of of when you know you scare a cartoon character that sometimes the you know clothing can come off or the hat you know sometimes just comes off their head. I don't know if if that's the thought process behind that, but uh, but nonetheless, I I love the idea. Mr. Krabs though is in this part extremely lazy in his thought process. Although maybe I, in the end it works. So maybe he just knows SpongeBob that well that it'll work. But the the effort here is to draw possibly the the worst looking ghost to scare somebody with on a on a lined piece of paper and have it floating on a, and actually not even just on a piece of paper on an entire notebook essentially floating on a on a fishing pole to scare SpongeBob. Uh it, it does work although SpongeBob could apparently even be scared by a floating shopping list because Mr. Krabs drew this ghost on the other side of his shopping list, but nonetheless he could have gone with the shopping list too. But he but the ghost tells SpongeBob that that soda drink hat belongs to a man named Smitty Warbin Jaeger Man Jensen. A man who was number 1 and that hat is cursed and has to be brought back to its original owner or the curse will be set upon SpongeBob. Now, this, of course, spooks SpongeBob enough to um, almost instantaneously bring the the soda drink hat back to its original owner. Uh, apparently, an actual man who, who goes by... Uh, at the moment, we know his name is Smitty Warbin Jaeger Man Jensen... But uh, basically, SpongeBob comes out of frame outside right as Mr. Krabs is scaring him about having to return the hat where uh, SpongeBob is covered in dirt and has a shovel. And he has apparently dug up the grave of Smitty Warbin Jaegerman Jensen over at a, a place called uh, a Floaters Cemetery, which obviously is a joke on, on the fact that when fish pass on, they, they float float to the top of the uh, water um and he he brought the hat back and and dug up the grave of smitty warbin jaegerman jensen and returned the hat this is incredibly funny for a moment because if you can just sit back and think about what we just went through all the way back in the nasty patty episode and how grossed out SpongeBob is at the the horror in front of him, and and now we have SpongeBob very quickly and with a smile on his face digging up a grave, putting a hat back on a on a on a skeleton, and getting back home in in the in mere minutes. I don't know. It's just it's really funny after all we've been through with him. Uh, but anyway, Mr. Krabs here is now shocked that the name he quickly kind of came up with on the spot is an, a real person that exists and that now he has to take the shovel and go all the way over to floater cemetery to, to redig up this grave. Now, SpongeBob reclaims that he was number one, just like that inflection. I said earlier, Mr. Krabs, he was number one. That's what he reminds Mr. Krabs about. Now, all of the art I've, I've mentioned my love of kind of when the, when the art department gets to get a little bit spooky in bikini bottom, it's, it's a lot of some of my favorite palettes and, and another night here at floater cemetery is, is no different because 
uh, the lighting and the art and the backgrounds and the clouds. I absolutely love it. It's it's some it's just all of my favorite scenes of this episode are over here in the cemetery because it's just it's really funny. A lot of some of the jokes that we see, but having that art in the background makes everything pop for me. And what we get here is a sequence of Mr. Krabs, of course, looking for Smitty Warbin Yanker Man Jensen. Um, now, I don't know why he thinks he has to look at every gravestone, because according to SpongeBob, he just dug up this grave. So, I mean, I would be looking for, you know, plots that looked like they were clearly just dug up. But of course, Mr. Krabs is not thinking straight at this moment. He hides from Squidward, who we get a, a bit of an appearance in for this episode, uh, who is... Coming to the cemetery with flowers, he has got some tears in his eyes and he is approaching a gravestone. He is, of course, uh, coming to see somebody that he had lost, maybe a friend, maybe a family member. He's crying. He brings the flowers to the grave and, and walks away. And Mr. Krabs goes over to look and see who Squidward was was bringing the flowers to. And there's literally a gravestone in this, in this site uh, that says Squidward's Hopes and Dreams. Like Squidward, which Mr. Krabs proclaims like, what a baby thinking about Squidward and all that crying. But think about this for a second. The spots in cemeteries aren't free. You have to pay for those. So Squidward literally spent his money to buy a gravestone plot just so he can have his grave site for his hopes and dreams. He buried them. And now he visits he visits the grave site of his hopes and dreams, uh, I'm, I'm guessing ever so often, and bringing it flowers. It just, Squidward is a, is, a whole, is a whole mood in this episode specifically. There are people out there who are definitely like this. I, it's, <laughs> if, if you are in a uh, Squidward burying his hopes and dreams mood, you, you, you know it. You certainly know it. But, uh, but yeah, Mr. Krabs continues his search and eventually finds the grave site of a a man now the name on the on the the headstone is not Smitty Warbin Jaeger Man Jensen it was a man named Smitty Warbin but somebody added a, a piece of wood onto the side to add in Man Jensen now we don't know if that was SpongeBob to just say well this guy was close enough or if it was like that but either way it's pretty obvious it's him beyond the fact that it has Smitty Warbin Man Jensen on it, but it's also a giant number one. It's a giant marble number one, which uh, Mr. Krabs remembered through SpongeBob, you know, telling him that, like, hey, he was number one. And, and that was how clearly SpongeBob found him. Now, he digs up the grave of Smitty Warbin Man Jensen and finds the the coffin finds the hat on the skeleton and takes the hat makes a, a, a you know some comments about smitty and and of course smitty's head comes off with the hat because it's it was like very firmly attached to it i mean it, it seemingly was his hat i mean he basically confirms it himself but uh as mr krabs now has the hat in his control smitty is alive and wants his hat back. He seems like a very nice guy. He just simply wants his hat. I guess he knows he's number one and, and that that hat belongs to him. Now, there could be this. It's so silly that Mr. Krabs is even in this situation, because if he would have just told SpongeBob using the ghost to return the hat to Mr. Krabs, SpongeBob probably would have done this. But the fact that he had to create a fake name and a fake story for that hat put him in this whole situation, which now Mr. Krabs has to deal with the undead 
because Smitty is basically threatening the use of the undead to retrieve the hat. And we get this whole sequence with a bunch of skeletons coming out of graves. And um, it's not like gross zombie looking like they're just all skeletons of uh, fish that like fish people that we've seen in SpongeBob and other fish species that we haven't really seen in, in SpongeBob too often, like a swordfish. Uh, a swordfish whose head comes into play because Mr. Krabs grabs it as a sword to protect protect himself from the undead. Now, they're not there to, like, hurt him or anything. They're just there to get Smitty's hat back. I'd, I guess Smitty being number one has control over everybody. But uh, Mr. Krabs make, makes a reference here to, uh, to being Errol Flynn, the actor who played Robin Hood. In the 1938 film, The Adventures of Robin Hood. So Mr. Krabs making a nice bit of a dated reference there. But but I, I've never seen that movie. And honestly, the fact that Mr. Krabs makes a reference to it, I, I should probably watch The Adventures of Robin Hood just to see if uh, if Errol Flynn's sword fighting is, is worth remembering and referencing, you know, especially in a situation like that. But using the uh, swordfish's head, Mr. Krabs is able to successfully fight the, the living dead. He fights his way out of uh, a floater's cemetery and gets himself all the way back to the the suitors of this soda drinking hat. The people who are going to buy it were somehow still waiting in front of Mr. Krabs' this whole time. They were waiting basically an entire day in front of Mr. Krabs' house for him to return with the soda drinking hat. He now has it. And for the lengths he's gone through, I mean, the man is, is worth at least, should at least get $100,000, I'd say. But... Uh, without Mr. Krabs knowing these, these people laugh his offer off because he comes over and, uh, immediately starts the bidding at a million dollars and they immediately break into laughter and, and start mocking him as you would think if it was trash and somebody came over and started bidding at a million dollars. But Mr. Krabs clearly is not in the know. And, and one of the, uh, one of the buyers here realizes that Mr. Krabs clearly isn't aware of what's going on. So in the 24 hours or so that Mr. Krabs has been gone, it seems that this once rare novelty soda hat, uh, an entire factory full of them was found. And now that there is a overabundance of them, they're essentially worthless, which it also comes down to another point of collecting and the whole like, you know, rebuying and, and whatnot is is um, supply and demand. You know, sometimes when something is really sought after and there's not a lot of it to go around, that can sometimes jack up the price for people because they know, hey, people really want this. And if they're willing to pay $50, well, then maybe somebody's willing to pay $100 and so on and so forth. So um, if something is like really rare because it's extremely limited and then you find out that there's a ton of them, it's it's worthless uh, at that point. You know, well, once again, it's not really worthless. It just all comes down to the ultimate point is something is only worth what someone else is willing to pay for it. Uh, but now that there's an entire dumpster full of these things, everybody has access to soda drink hats. They're not worth a million dollars. They're worthless. They're trash. At this moment, SpongeBob walks by everybody with a brand new novelty hat, a clapping hat, one that has a little string under his neck that you can pull and make two giant hands clap together. And uh, all of the buyers together come, 
chasing SpongeBob because that is not only a $1 million hat, that is apparently a billion dollar hat. Once again, if you're willing to just throw a billion dollars so quickly, maybe there is more worth to it. Or once again, as we found ourselves with the soda drink hat, maybe the clapper is just as, as worthless as as the soda drink hat. But at the end of the day, I, I think the ultimate lesson here is look at these hats in the hand of SpongeBob. These things aren't worthless. They have worth, and it's not the worth of how much they are in the secondhand market or the dollar amount. It's the worth they bring to his life. Uh, it's kind of, you know, we, we can have an entire conversation about, you know, collecting and hoarding and the stuff in your homes and, you know, hey, if you have something and it makes you happy, good, but at no point should something you own should bring any like negativity in, in terms of like space or if it's stopping you from being able to do other things. So, um, the, the, what might seem like trash to other people may be something that brings you some joy. Uh, and it might not matter what it's worth on the secondhand market. I, it's certainly in the world of pops. I have come across a wide variety of collectors, but the, the one kind of collector that I come across a, a lot, and it's the one kind of collector that I, I love seeing. It's the kind of collector I'm, I am. Um, and it's the one where you buy, you get a pop just like, not because it's worth anything, but just because you like the character or you, you, you know, you like the series and it, like, that's like, Oh, cool. That's great. Like you're, you're buying that just because you like the thing. That's, that's great. That's awesome. Um, when those questions pop up of like, Hey, should I buy this? And it's usually people who are, you know, trying to hope that on the secondhand market, you know, those things go up a pretty penny and they want to make some extra money. And usually the question you will see is, should you buy it? Well, if, if you like it, if you like the series, if you like the character, if you like the person and so on and so forth. But you know, when it comes to tag sales and these hats, you know, Hey, if you like something and you want to buy it, buy it, you should do that. And that brings us to the end of One Crab's Trash. Uh, one of one of my favorite episodes from season three, one of my favorite episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants. I don't think that uh, that really needs to be said at this point, but but I'll say it anyway. Um, absolutely love this episode. If you haven't seen it in a long time, it's certainly worth rewatching again and uh, and binge yourself a couple of more episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants. But as always, my name is Captain Eric. I really appreciate any of you out there who listen to any of the content I create. Um, it, it warms my heart to see any of, of the numbers out there, the reception, the returning listeners. Uh, I, I absolutely love seeing that. Um, if there is ever any way that you can like the videos, share them, uh, subscribe to the Captain Eric YouTube channel, any of that, watching the videos, all of it is greatly appreciated by the captain. I appreciate all of you who consider yourself a part of the Ready Crew. You are all welcome aboard. Uh, so thank you for listening to this week's episode. Uh, please stay safe out there. Please get yourself vaccinated if you can. Um, and, and if you can't, just, you know, mind where you're at at all times and who you're around. Uh, we, you know, we want to stop this thing as, as much as possible so that we can get back out there out in the open and be as, as free as any pirate is out there. But uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Squarecast. We'll see you here next week. Take care. Let's give Mr. Krabs a big hand. Now that's worth a million dollars.